Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people of today's dentistry. Two words for you this afternoon, sedation, dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill does it better than anybody. If you've got a lot of dental work that needs to be done, but you don't necessarily want to be around while it happens, give him a call, 317-849-849. 2933. Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell. Let's talk about sports. We found out from Indiana basketball coach Mike Woodson what caused the rift between he and Jerome Hunter that led him to leave the program and go to Xavier. It was a bad fit for both, according to Mike Woodson. And what that means is that their priorities did not align. And when priorities do not align, it's adios muchacho. Somebody's got to leave. You have to have aligned priorities across the roster and the coaching staff. Everybody has got to be pulling in the same direction for the same reason. If that's not the case, you have a dysfunctional team and you can't have a dysfunctional team. We saw it with Archie Miller all four years. You had people playing for different reasons at Indiana, and the result of that was mediocrity. Mike Woodson understands it, will not tolerate it, and Jerome Hunter is now at Xavier instead of Indiana. What Mike Woodson's got, a bunch of guys who can shoot and a bunch of guys he's going to demand play defense. And that's the way it's going to be at Indiana. If you can shoot and play defense, you can play winning basketball. If everybody can shoot and play defense, you can win a lot of games. That is what Woodson wants to do with Indiana and good for him. Hey, the Indianapolis Colts, They gave us access again today to Carson Wentz, the quarterback of the Colts, the new quarterback of the Colts, and there are a lot of people with a lot of questions about Carson Wentz. And so, Carson Wentz answered a bunch of them today. The first one, how's he getting along in Indianapolis? How's the move gone bringing his family to Indy? It's been a lot of fun, honestly. It's it's been a whirlwind. It's been extremely busy and moving pieces, moving companies and furniture, you name it, furniture's all on back order like crazy, so that's always fun. Uh, but it's, it's been fun. You know, the community has been extremely welcoming and, and has embraced us, um, tremendously. And, and we've been able to, you know, get out in the community and go do some fun things. And, um, you know, it, it's been fun and we definitely love it here. Okay. Thanks guys. Coach Reich will be next. One of the great things about Carson Wentz coming to the Colts is the relationship that he and Frank Reich already had by virtue of their work together in Philadelphia. So did Carson Wentz and Frank Reich pick up right where they left off? Yeah, I mean, it's still a lot of learning. You know, it's still a lot of learning. And, uh, you know, I think where we picked up off, uh, though, is just that we still totally understand each other. Um, He understands how I see the game. I kind of know how he sees the game. And um, I think we kind of just picked up on that right away and jumped right back in. But um, it's still a lot of learning um, and understanding the offenses and just some different um, detailed things within each um, play and all that stuff. So, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to work with him again, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And how much of the offense is new to Carson? Um, I'd say yes and no. Um, you know, it's a lot of new terminology, a lot of new language. Um, 
some similar carryover with schemes and stuff, but there's still plenty of new that uh, for me is kind of exciting, you know, keeps it fresh, keeps it new. And um, it's exciting for me to keep kind of digging in and learning some more. After last year, which wasn't a good year for Carson Wentz, ranked near bottom of the starting quarterbacks throughout the NFL, led the NFL in interceptions and sacks after playing only 12 games. What did he learn? How did he break himself down? What did he fix after last season? Yeah, I wouldn't say, quote, fix, but, the, you know, every year um, you kind of go into this mode and it's the offseason. A, you get away, you take a breather, but then B, you, you reflect and you say, okay, physically, what could, where can I get better? Mentally, where can I get better? Emotionally, you know, how can I get better? Um, it's nothing crazy, um, but it's just, you know, little things of um, fundamentals and different things and, you know, how I see the game. Um, processing all of that stuff. And so just within this new offense, talking through a lot of those things with the the new coaches um, and everything, working together, working through those things, it's been really good. And coming to a playoff team like the Colts, how much pressure does Carson Wentz feel as a starting quarterback for the Colts? You know, this is the game we play. This is the position that I've chosen, you know, and um, there's always pressure. There's always going to be pressure. There's always going to be expectations. Those things are always going to be there. And for me, it's just, you know, it's been the same thing my whole career. It's just go to work. Just go to work, get better every day, and block out the outside noise, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I've really felt um, I've felt a lot of excitement around here and a lot of, you know, obviously we have high expectations and all of those things, but um, just the culture and how, you know, it's just a one-day-at-a-time mindset. You know, that's, that's the mindset of this team, and that's the mindset that I'm going to take um, every single day I come to work. After a week and a half of OTAs, what strikes Carson about this offense right now? Yeah, um, there's just a lot of talent. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I see it in watching the film from last year and just how they really spread the ball around and, you know, get everybody involved. And um, I see that completely being the same way again this year. And that that excites me because it's, it's never just a one-man show out there. It's, you know, we're going to go – I'm going to throw the ball where – we're supposed to go on each play and not necessarily just picking guys and, and get everybody involved. And that, that excites me because everybody has a unique skill set. Everybody's talented um, and we have the ability to spread it around and, and you know, give everyone some love um, and be an explosive offense that way. What are the interesting aspects of the relationship between Wentz and Reich? Is there shared faith? How important is that to their relationship? It's cool because at the end of the day, um, we, all, we both come from the same background, and we, at the end of the day, no matter wins, losses, all of that stuff, we both know what's the main thing in our life, and, and we know what our priorities and our values and where we stand on that. So we always have that connection. That connection is always there. You know, sometimes we talk about it a couple of days straight. Other times we don't, you know, don't talk about it at all. And it's just um, – that's just how it is even with other believers. You know, you're always challenging, encouraging each other, sharing things. Um, so that's been the same. And, shoot, we did that in Philly quite a bit. Um, still do that here and and it's been fun to to kind of you know dive deeper in our relationship through faith as well that's Carson Wentz and he's going to be the fourth starting quarterback for Frank Reich in Frank Reich's four years as a head coach that's why I'm bullish on Carson Wentz because year one Reich had Andrew Luck Andrew Luck put together what I think was his best season year two Jacoby Brissett I don't think Brissett's capable of playing better football than he played under Reich in 2019. 2020, Philip Rivers came over from the Los Angeles Chargers, and that was following in 2019 where Rivers was terrible. And what did he do last year? He bounced back at the age of 38, turned 39. Colts went to the playoffs, despite the fact that Philip 
completely immobile, and has a noodle arm. Still, the combination of Reich and Rivers put the Colts in a position to win a lot of games, and in fact, they did win 11 games last year. This year, it's going to be Carson Wentz, and I don't care what Wentz did last year. Led the league in interceptions and sacks. I think those numbers come way down. He becomes more productive, and he figures out when to muck plays. All right, figures out when to live to play another, right? Because that's what you got to do in football. If you want to win in the NFL, here's what you got to do. You have to limit pressure on your quarterback so you don't take negative plays, whether they be sacks or interceptions. And on the other side of the ball, you got to put pressure on the opposing quarterback so they do throw it to you. And so you can get sacks and put them behind the sticks. If you do those things, protect your quarterback and pressure their quarterback, you're going to win a hell of a lot of games. We'll see if the defense is able to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I think that the Colts are going to be much better at protecting Carson Wentz than the Eagles were last year. We'll see what happens. Today on the Dan Dockett Show, I was on at 1230 this afternoon on 107.5 The Fan here in Indianapolis. I predicted 12-5. and five. I kind of hemmed and hawed, said 11-6 and six or 12-5. and five. And then Dan said, what are you doing? Come with a number. My God. Take a stand. I said, okay, 12 and 5. We'll err on the side of optimism. But I am bullish on the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm bullish their ability to move through the playoffs with Carson Wentz as the quarterback instead of Phillip Rivers, I think is going to be enhanced through Phillip Rivers resigning, retiring, and Carson Wentz coming here to play football at the age of 28. He's more mobile. He's got a stronger arm. He's a smart guy. I think he and Reich put together are going to have a terrific season as long as Wentz stays healthy. I want to talk about Dan Dockett for a minute because, like I said, I went on his show to talk about the Colts. Also went on his show to lament the passing of Dave Bennett, who is a terrific high school basketball player at New Albany, class of 1981, an Indiana All-Star, a silver anniversary member of that, uh, uh, for the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame from the class of 81, and an all-star teammate of Dan Dockich's from that year. Dave Bennett, a big toothy grin and a loud laugh and a wonderful guy, and he passed away way too young a little bit earlier this week, and it's really sad. He passed away yesterday. He'd had some health issues. I like Dave Bennett. He's going to be missed in New Albany and in Louisville, a terrific, another fertile mind, where it comes to sports. And and that's what I want to talk about with Dan. Dan asked me during the course of the interview, he was like, okay, what kind of a guy am I? Am I where do I align in your mind? Am I a degenerate? I said, of course you're not a degenerate. First of all, here's how you know I don't believe he's a degenerate. Because I hired him. I put my career on the line at Emmis to give Dan Dockich a three-hour show from new, whenever it was at that time. I think, what was it, 10 to 1? And uh, said, Dan, go. You just be you. And you know what happened? Dan Dockich became Dan Dockich. And I knew he'd become Dan Dockich because I've known him for 30 plus years. Never thought him to be a degenerate. What I've always thought is that he's got a huge heart. He's got a fertile brain. And he has a facility to uh, provide insight and humor in a way that very few do. He, ha- he is a beautiful internal editor in conversation. He is never, ever boring. And that's the thing with a radio host. He can't be boring. Now, what he's going to do every once in a while 
is kind of step out of line because I'll tell you what, hosting a three-hour radio show every day at a specific time is hard. It is really tough. Every single day to show up and at the appointed time, you're ready to go. You're ready to be entertaining. You are informed. You're ready to provide insight and perspective in an upbeat way. It is hard to do that day after day. You don't get to choose when you go on. You go on when the clock and the calendar say you go on. That is really, really hard. And to expect perfection of anyone in that position for 15 hours a week, right? So that's 12 segments, 12 times uh, uh, 60 segments, all right? 180 times 5 is how many? 900 minutes of talking. Do you know how hard that is? Do you, would you ever want to be held accountable for every word that came out of your mouth during 900 minutes of conversation each week? And he's been on since 2008. It's been a long time. It's been almost 13 years that he's been on the radio here. He's a fantastic guy. And if you need any kind of evidence as to his heart, his initiative with his wife, Lee, to provide bicycles to kids who are in need in the urban community of Indianapolis is absolutely huge because a bike to Dan and to all of us who grew up riding bikes, it equated to freedom. You can do things when you got a bicycle, right? You can ride places. You're not restricted to where you can walk. You can get on a bike and go five miles in about 15 minutes. That's what a bike does for you. And that's the what Dan and Lee want to provide people in communities where they can't afford it otherwise. So and, and he didn't know this, but I, I told him today, Julie uh, and I went online, made a donation, and we're buying a bike, a lock, and a helmet for a kid through uh, Dan and Lee's deal. And I wouldn't do that if I didn't believe 100% in Dan Dockich's character. And if people don't like him, they just don't understand him. It is hard, I'm telling you to host a radio show, and radio shows can't be 100% positive, or what have you got? So every once in a while, Dan's got to hold people accountable, and that's the way it is, and some people don't like that, and some people rebel against it. You know what? I'm telling you, I've been around Dan Dockich a lot over the last 30 plus years. He isn't wrong very often, and he's a great guy to be around, and a really good dude, and a good dad, and a good husband, and a good son, and a good brother. And he's a good friend, too. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. Bright and early. We're doing it at 8 from now on. No longer at 6. I cannot wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry.